All right, joining us now from Iraq is our Iraqi correspondent, Crazy Eddie Chalabi. Hey, how you doing? We read in Reuters, Eddie, that you've got a kiosk on the Fallujah Highway that's selling body armor and bolt-on Humvee parts. Yeah, Reuters, Reuters. That's not correct? A kiosk sells fruit, Dougie. We sell top-of-the-line materials and personal protection, huh? Well, we didn't think of you as uh, hanging out at a fruit stand. Your fruit stand does not supply undercarriage munitions protection for military Humvees. I guess not. No matter what Rumfeld says, the Hummer needs extra protection. Having to rummage in the junkyard for scrap steel ain't no good. Well, that's what that soldier pointed out to Rumsfeld to much applause and cheers in that press conference a while back. And a very valid point, I might add. That's like making a condom from saran wrap. Whoa. Ever try that? Uh, no. Well, it makes about as much sense, my friend. Your stock Hummer lacks good chassis armor. I think it was because they had to skim somewhere to keep it to 6,000 pounds or something. Which, which is still twice that of an SUV. You see the problem, then. Uh, why are they so heavy if they're not properly armored? That beats me. I just know in your combat situation, your mind highway situation, you want undercarriage protection. Well, I'd imagine. You got a product from China that snaps on in 60 seconds. It's Chinese, huh? Yeah, a Chinese worker works for two bucks a day. Cuts labor costs. And you want Kevlar? We got helmet liners, vests, ammo belts to like. Well, Eddie, why must, uh, why must our soldiers buy extra protection? Hey, ask that rummy Rumsfeld over there. I'm just trying to make an honest buck, my friend. What are you picking on me for? Well, the war profiteering. Hey, don't you want to export free markets with your democracy? Jeez. Well, last time I checked, Iraq's not a communist state, Eddie. And I'm glad you said that, pal. I was wondering about you. I buy low, but don't sell so high as to exclude the reservists from a purchase, you know? Uh -huh, well, that, that's good. Check out my website, chinkinthearmor.com. Chink in the armor. And let me tell you something. That is not one of them ethnic uh, slurations. Uh, how did those rumors start, anyway? I got five Chinamen supplying me with Kalishnikovs, for God's sakes. So, so you sell Soviet arms? The Ruskies build them tough. Listen, I can't say any more on the grounds I might inseminate myself, but with poisonal arms, we say, better red than dead. So you're kind of an arms broker. You'll say that like it's a bad thing. Well, are they not merchants of death? Oh, hey, whoa. Since when is war my fault? So you just make money off war. Hey, like Lockheed and General Dynamics. Come on. One man's military catastrophe is another man's business opportunity. Well spoken like your Uncle Ahmed. He works here, by the way. Is he on commission? Oh, yeah. Uncle could sell ice cubes to Eskimos, my friend. Yeah, or, or a war to the Pentagon, apparently. Hey. Uncle Ahmed was misled. Ahmed Chalabi was the leading cheerleader for war in Iraq, Eddie. He got misinterpreted. Misinterpreted? Hey, he wrote a grocery note. He later misread it. Uh -huh. He got mixed up. Confused Boraxo with anthrax. It's common. Okay. And enriched flour got misread as enriched uranium. It's an honest mistake. Come on, Dougie. Well, those are, those are quite large mistakes. You'd be surprised. In Arabic, they look almost the same. Trust me. Why? And by the way, we're still looking for those WMDs. Uh-huh. Well, good luck on that. Look on the bright side. We'll hold elections in a couple of weeks, huh? I think it should go as well as the one you had in the U.S. Well, thanks for cheering us up. The electronic vote counting machines have been here since December. They're pre-programmed, you know. 
I, I, in Ohio, I would guess. Yeah, by Diebold. How'd you know? Lucky guess. They're all set. All we need are polling places and actually going through the motions on election day and ba-boom! Well, going through the motions is, is well put, I'd say. Seriously, this election is as good as held. Maybe better. Minimal guesswork, I, I, would, I would think. You said it. By the way, you got any need for one of those turbine night vision sniper scopes? No. Bullet-resistant knee pads, possibly? Socks? Trenching tool? Uh, no, in all counts. Eh, too bad. We're having quite the inventory sale. Well, glad to have you. It's crazy. And by the idi- way, Uncle is planning to go to the inaugural next week in Washington. Is that so? He had to get tickets from a scalper, but he's going. Well, but but no seat with the first lady like last year's State of the Union address. Oh, rub it in, nice. Sorry. Well, he'll be there. Orchestra, center section. I think he's one row back from Schwarzenegger. Well, tell him to say hello to the governor for us. What's he look like out of makeup anyway? Oh, well, he's about, about my height, five nine, prematurely orange uh, in the hair department. Thick, thick build. Yeah, he'll probably know him when he sees him. I think Uncle actually took a Pilates class with him last year. Yeah, well, okay. Hey, hey, that reminds me. Any Hummer dealers near you? Well, in fact, Eddie One is opening in Sacramento in May. Well, maybe they could use some of my products for the governor's Hummer. He's a big Hummer guy. Well, Eddie, I think most people in California use their Humvees just to go down to the 7-Eleven for a can of Pringles. Uh, almost nobody, I think, goes four, actually four-wheeling with them. And let me say one more thing. Oh, looks like we've lost him, but don't worry, he'll be back. From somewhere on the Fallujah Highway, that was our one of our Iraqi correspondents, Crazy Eddie Chalabi. All right, and uh, on, a, on a markedly different topic, we should note that relativity turns 100 in 2005. Albert Einstein wrote uh, four scientific papers back in 1905 that are still reverberating in the, in the halls of science. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Albert Einstein uh, in, in a future show and relativity. Uh, it, it is a fascinating subject. It truly is. It requires some, uh, some analogies to make it come through. My, my, my favorite, um, we will seek to do that in a scientific manner. My all-time favorite, though, is Einstein's uh, simple summary of relativity, where he told someone that, well, you know, it's, it's a matter of the fact that, you know, when you're sitting on a hot stove, uh, a minute seems like an hour. And when you're talking to a pretty girl, an hour seems like a minute. That's relativity. I don't know if that's a real quote or not, but, but I do like it. And uh, I also should mention a story that I heard uh, during this conference about medical examinations that I think probably would, uh, some of you can relate to. This was about pain and how to mitigate pain. And sometimes before they do an exam, they'll give you a shot to try and deaden the limb so that maybe broken bones don't grind and hurt. But when this guy was a medical student, he, uh, you know, was on rounds. I think he was in the emergency medicine service. And he describes going in where the chief resident has two patients with broken femurs. And uh, goes to the first guy and and said, you know, this is going to hurt. And, and grasps his leg and maneuvers it, and the guy is just shrieking in pain. And uh, he says, thank you. Turns to the second guy and says, which is the leg? The guy points down. He lifts this guy's leg up, and to the student's amazement, this guy doesn't flinch. He doesn't yell. His leg goes through all the same maneuvers and uh, is 
placed back down on the bed, and the resident says, thank you, and they traipse out of the room. Well, being the low man in the totem pole, the student's the last guy out the door where he hears the first guy ask the second guy, man, how did you stand that? And the second guy looked back at the first guy and answer, hey, I saw what they put you through. I pointed to my good leg. You know, I would like to actually talk a little bit more about about Disneyland, the trip of going back down to Disneyland. I, I went there when I was a, a, a small child. It had opened a few years before, and I can still remember flying over uh, all those swimming pools uh, from a, a chopper trip that, that we had to make from, uh, I guess there wasn't the John Wayne Airport at that time, Orange County Airport, so we basically, I think, ferried in from probably LAX or, or Long Beach. I'm not sure. I can really remember, though, even though at the age of five, looking down and seeing all those beautiful little, you know, blue dots in the backyards. But, you know, we're just about out of time on today's show, so I don't think I have time to talk about, uh, philosophize a bit about uh, Walt Disney, the Disney Empire, and how a man took a cartoon mouse and built what is today the world's second largest media conglomerate. A lot a lot of water has uh, gone under the bridge between 1927 and now. But, uh, you know, that's, that's worth talking about. I know someone who's an expert on Disney, and I'm going to try and bring him on the show to talk about uh, Uncle Walt. We've only got a few minutes left. Um, we're going to take up some issues on next week's show and the week after that I think I just want to make passing reference to today. The first being that on Monday I had a chance to go over to the Mondavi Center and hear Dr. Beck Weathers talk about the famous catastrophe that took place on May 10th, 1996 on Mount Everest when a storm struck uh, with fatal results. Dr. Beck Weathers was as riveting a speaker as I have ever heard. When he started talking at Mondavi, people stopped fidgeting, their attention was wrapped, and for the next whatever it was, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, nobody got up to go to the bathroom. It was an amazing story that I think deserves some um, some examination on next week's program. A lot of you have probably read John Krakauer's Into Thin Air, and... Um, I've got a couple experiences myself that certainly, you know, fall far short of, of, of the drama of what happened in May 1996. But I want to I wanna blend that together and talk about it on next week's show. If any of you were there Monday night, you know what I'm talking about. Weathers was absolutely riveting in his talk. So that deserves a little more time on next week's show. We're also going to mention that our good friend uh, Tom Burka uh, was picked up and, and written up in the op-ed page of the New York Times on January 8th. We're happy to say that the Radio Parallax scooped the New York Times on this. We discovered what a hilarious guy Tom Burka was some time ago. You've heard him many times in the show. You'll hear him again, and we're going to talk about his very funny piece he wrote for the New York Times next week. In the meantime, you may want to go to TomBurka.com and, uh, and read it yourself. We had a report uh, several weeks back from Atlanta, Georgia, from Susan Capilouto, a reporter and producer for Georgia Public Radio, about what was going on down in Atlanta regarding these evolution stickers. We're proud to report that last Thursday, a federal judge ordered the removal of stickers placed in high school biology textbooks that call evolution, quote, a theory, not a fact, unquote, saying that they were an unconstitutional endorsement of religion. In a 44-page ruling, U.S. District Justice Clarence Cooper said that this, uh, these stickers tell some citizens they're political outsiders while telling others they are political insiders. 
We're going to follow up also on uh, this issue of separation of church and state in the Bush administration. Uh, some, some stories have surfaced about how much money is being plowed. Your taxpayer dollars are being plowed into these so-called faith-based charities and how, as a consequence, uh, I've got a first-hand report from someone traveling in the South, that as a consequence, apparently billboards were up all over the red states pre-election comparing uh, George Bush's re-election to voting for God. And, and how's that for a, a good use of taxpayer dollars? And a final item set to us uh, b- both by Julie Credence from Kentucky Public Radio and our special media correspondent Gary Chu, and which I also heard on NPR while driving home from work last night. Well... Mr. McMillan, would you cue up some appropriate music for this announcement? (music) Item, the White House acknowledged Wednesday, January 12, 2005, that its hunt for Iraqi weapons of mass destruction, a two-year search costing millions of dollars, has quietly closed down without finding any of the stockpiles that President Bush cited as justification for overthrowing Saddam Hussein. White House spokesman Scott McClellan then added that the war in Iraq was still justified and President Bush had no regrets about invading the country. Now, in case your irony detector is malfunctioning, What this means is that the war in Iraq, which had to be pursued over all other considerations such as homeland security, and we'll be talking about that at length in next week's show, over finding Osama bin Laden in the hills of Afghanistan, this this overriding national issue of invading Iraq and taking out Saddam because he might use weapons of mass destruction, could find no weapons of mass destruction to verify the justification, but that the war was nevertheless, justified. I'm kind of glad Gary and uh, Julie sent me this and that I was paying attention last night on the radio because I didn't notice this on MSN. I didn't notice it on CNN. Didn't notice this was getting a whole lot of press today, that the justification for the war in Iraq appears to have been phony. Well, we told you about that six months before we went to war in Iraq on this program, and we're going to dig up some 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 sound bites that, that, that uh, predate the Iraqi war because, you know, I... I think I'm entitled to a little bit of um, I told you so as regards the Bush White House. We are out of time. Our thanks once again to Sacramento News and Review President and CEO Jeff Von Kainel. We will see you next Thursday at 5 o'clock. This show was produced, as it always is, by Edward McMillan. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. And uh, in the meantime, stay tuned for Todd to follow with Hometown Atrocities. And uh, this is appropriate, I think, uh, bumper music to go out with. The Who won't get fooled again. And I hope we don't. <laughs>